0: And a very good day, everyone. This is Pastor Mark with Touch of God. I hope this finds you doing well today and that your soul is prospering. So before we get back into the topic of faith this week, I would like to pray over you today from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 19, over each of you, where the Apostle Paul was writing that he was always praying to God about the people in Ephesus. So it says here in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 and this is the amplified classic edition of the bible for i always pray to the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set apart ones. Verse 19. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. Now I thought it was interesting there At the end of verse 17, it talks about in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. And for the past several weeks, we've been talking about the importance of knowing the Lord so that we can have trust in him, so that we can have trust in his word, so that the faith that God has given us an equal measure of, we can use that faith in full confidence that God's promises, when we believe them and speak them over a situation, they shall come to pass, which is his will upon the earth. He wants to bring his heaven to the earth through you. And he is within you. God is in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we have the creator of the universe in us waiting to have us decree and declare God's word over a situation, over someone's life, over addictions in someone, over a financial situation in someone, over someone's health, so that God's will will be done and they will be healed. They will be provided for they will be set free. Also, I need to read out to you today 3 John chapter 1 verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way, and that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. Now there is a warning for us as we read the Word. We need to heed the warnings too, amen. Not all of the word is delightful to read. But it is the truth, and the truth sets us free. So if we don't know the truth, we may not even know that we're not free. Verse 19 in Matthew chapter 13, it says, While anyone is hearing the word of the kingdom and does not grasp and comprehend it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the roadside. You remember this is part of the parable of the sowers and what happened to the different seeds. And we are not going to get into that parable today. But it's important that you are meditating and contemplating on every verse that you hear, that you read in the Word of God. There is no hurry to get through the Bible. It is more important for you to slow down, take it a verse at a time, in context, rightly divided, and so that you can truly know it. And no one, even the devil, Can talk you out of what you believe. This is why it's so important to follow Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 to 2. It says, Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather, But his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord, and on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. That's what we need to make sure we're doing. Habitually, habitually form a habit to meditate, ponder, and study by the word of God by day and by night, the word of God, the scriptures. Because if we habitually read the word of God, but we do not stop to slow down to ponder and study it, then we are still not gaining this knowledge and the enemy can come along and steal it. So if we meditate and ponder and study a verse in the word of God and settle it in your heart that it is the truth, then the enemy cannot steal it. But if you read a verse without stopping to consider it, ponder it, and meditate on it, then you may understand it for a moment, but it will be like you forgot the verse. And when a situation comes up in your life, you may find yourself under attack without knowledge of the truth that would have seen you walk right through the storm without it touching you. You do not want to be mowed down by a high wind in a hurricane or a typhoon or a storm. You want to be able to walk like you're in the middle of the hurricane. The most peaceful part is in the middle with the circle, with the eye. The storm needs to avoid you. You don't have to worry about a storm when you're trusting in the Lord and you're walking in his righteousness. You're walking as the Lord would walk. The enemy's arrows and schemes cannot prosper if you are walking in faith. But the enemy's plans can prosper against you if you are none the wiser meaning you're not meditating on the word, understanding the word, believing it, accepting it, and knowing it. So let us be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. This week we are focusing on the topic of faith, and we are going to do a recap from last week. And remember, there is only one answer as to why the disciples could not cast out the demon in the boy, and Jesus explains that in Matthew chapter 17 verse 20, he said to them, because of the littleness of your faith, that is your lack of firmly relying trust. For truly I say to you, if you have faith that is living like a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to yonder place and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. So remember, we want to avoid having a littleness of faith. We want to firmly rely and trust in the Lord, and we have to know him and know his word to be fully confident, with no doubts, no unbelief, and no fear. In Mark chapter 9, verse 23 to 24, we see the man who brought the boy, saying he believes, and then he asked the Lord to help his unbelief. And Jesus said, You say to me, if you can do anything, why, all things can be and are possible to him who believes. At once the father of the boy gave an eager, piercing, inarticulate cry with tears. And he said, Lord, I believe. Constantly help my weakness of faith. So it is possible here, you can see, to have some doubt, which then cancels out your faith. Even though your mind knows the verse is in the Bible, and that the Bible is the truth. So a little doubt mixed with the measure of faith that God gave you to use, that little doubt mixed in is enough to cancel, to short-circuit whatever you were asking for. So we have to eradicate, get rid of doubt, unbelief, and fear in our lives, especially any prayers of faith and faith projects you are working on. So if you are on your knees and and you're just focused and trusting in the Lord for something, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal any doubt, unbelief, or fear you have at the same time so that you would want to see God's will done in this situation. So have the Holy Spirit reveal any doubt. And if there is doubt, then say, Lord, help my unbelief. Help me see scriptures in your word that I can cling to cling to your truth meditate study ponder this word of god these scriptures that you give me holy spirit i will do that day and night so that the word becomes part of you that, that word is in you and whenever you speak scriptures flow out of your mouth james chapter one verse five to eight this is all a part of the recap from last week you remember It says, if any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God, who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly, without reproaching or fault-finding, and it will be given him. Verse 6, only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting, for the one who wavers hesitates and doubts is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. For truly, let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. For being as he is a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, and irresolute, he is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. That is James chapter one, verses five to eight. So we must be single-minded. We must be steadfast in the word so that when we accept a truth in the word of God, we accept God's promise, we do not waver. We secure fastly upon it. We stand upon God's word and we do not shift because God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Psalm chapter 119 verse 89 says, God's word is forever settled in heaven. It's fixed. It cannot be moved. In fact, the heavens and the earth will pass away, but the word will still remain. So you can guarantee that if you have faith in that word, those verses, those scriptures, those truths, God's promises, if you have faith and you do not doubt that what you speak and what you believe shall happen, then it shall be so. Remember, Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. So where is the struggle of our accepting the truth in our heart? We see in Romans chapter 10, verse 10 for with the heart a person believes, adheres to, trusts in, and relies on Christ, and so is justified, declared righteous, acceptable to God, and with the mouth he confesses, declares openly, and speaks out freely his faith and confirms his salvation. So let us take one example of provision, finances, because I know that a lot of people are always wondering about. They need money for this or money for that, money for the rent, money for the electric, money for fuel in the car, or whatever your needs are for to feed your children, for food, just essential basic necessities like food and water. So we see in the Word of God, the Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, where the Apostle Paul is writing to the Philippians and says, And my God will liberally supply, fill to the full, your every need, according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. In this scenario, the Christian, being a Christian, accepts the word of God is the truth and has no doubt that the Bible is the truth. But then they look at what money they have and they do not understand because the verse tells them that God is their provider of all their needs but they do not have much money for what they need in their pocket. The Christian knows Psalm 23 says that they shall not want, and they know they shall not want because there is no need to want if you have what you need. So the Christian looks again at how much money they have in their pockets, and they are confused and perplexed because it is not lining up with what the Bible says they should have. So the danger here is for the Christian to lean on their own understanding and conclude that for whatever reason, this verse is not supposed to apply to them. Or perhaps there is a voice of doubt in the person's head. Maybe even the devil being the accuser of the brethren and will accuse the Christian that they do not have the money because they do not deserve the money because of the sin they committed in the past. Obviously, this is a lie. But once we accept those lies, that is simply doubting in the truth of the word of God Whatever faith there was in the beginning is now cancelled because the person has believed a lie. The person has believed something that is not scriptural. This is where James chapter one verse seven came in from earlier. It says, For truly let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. Now I understand totally that there may be many tears and emotions at times when you cannot provide for even your children. And you're saying, Lord, Lord, why did you do this to me? And you might be blaming God because you just don't understand how this all works. And the Lord loves you. Nonetheless, he loves you, but he wants you to learn the truth. The Lord does not cause poverty. He does not cause lack. God is a God of abundance. He provides more than enough. So the problem is somewhere else between us and our believing and our faith. God wants to provide He has purchased everything for us. We just have to know and believe what we already have because we are in Christ and Christ is in us and everything has been given to Christ by the Father. So therefore, if Christ is in us, literally within us spiritually, then we must have it already. We just have to tell our mind we need to read the word of God and believe it and accept it and act the word of God in our lives. So Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says that we are not to lean on our own understanding. We are more likely to doubt and not remain in pure, complete faith if we lean on our own understanding. And we're trying to figure this out ourselves, and that will always fail. Because unless we are reading the Word of God and believing it instead of our own conclusions, then we will continue to be in lack. We will continue not to receive the promises of the verses that we haven't yet accepted and understood or even know about in the Bible. Why is this? Because the area of concern, such as finances, what we do not yet know, comprehend and accept as the truth, out of the word of God, we end up leaning on our own understanding because we do not know any better. This is our carnal understanding. This is the part of our mind that is not yet renewed, and we are not yet transformed from our old way of thinking, to knowing and thinking the truth about the topic from the word of God itself. Romans chapter 12 verse 2, we've spoken about this many times, and it's a key verse in the Bible. The apostle Paul is writing to the Romans and he says, do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. So renewing our mind is simply reading the word of God and saying, this is true for me. This is true for everyone who believes in the word of God, including me. I may have sinned against the Lord many times, but it does not mean the word of God is a lie. It is true for me, and it's his love for me, that his word still works for me, even though I have committed sin in the past, and maybe even today. But I encourage you, if that's happened, and you haven't yet repented, I implore you to repent now. Repent means to turn 180 degrees, turn the other way, turn back to God and say, Lord, please forgive me. I receive the cleansing of my conscience of all unrighteousness as I confess my sins to you and you can name them in private to the Lord. You are then acting out 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. And it says that the Lord is faithful to forgive you if you confess your sins, but he also cleanses you of all unrighteousness. He gets rid of that filthy guilt feeling that you have inside of you. So we have to renew our mind to the truth of the word of God. The truth sets us free, but we can no longer lean on our own understanding. We have to lean on the Lord's understanding. The Lord's understanding is his word. So what do we do? We can believe with all of our heart that Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 that my God shall supply all my needs, but always remember to read every verse in context. When we look at this section of the passage, the word and at the beginning of verse 19 means that it is connected with the verse or verses that came before it. In verses 15 to 18, we see Paul thanking the Philippians for sending him gifts that he needed as far back as his early ministry when he left Macedonia. That's what he is doing in verses 15 to 18. He's thanking the Philippians for their dedication and giving him gifts that he needed. So he ends up by saying that his God, our God, shall supply all their needs. So this means that verse 19, where Paul says that God will supply all the Philippians' needs according to the Lord's riches in glory, is related to the Philippians giving the gifts first. So in other words, the Philippians were sowing Paul's needs. And now they're going to reap the Lord's provision for their own needs. Remember, you reap the same kind as you sow in whatever thing you do in life. We can see that the Lord established the law of sowing and reaping in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, where it says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says, Give and gifts will be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will they pour into the pouch formed by the bosom of your robe and used as a bag. For with the measure you deal out, with the measure you use when you confer benefits on others, it will be measured back to you. This is the basics of sowing and reaping. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, it says, but seek, aim at and strive after first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given you besides. And remember in Matthew chapter 6, if you start around verse 20 and go all the way through verse 34, you will read about Jesus talking to the people who were worrying about their clothes, what they were going to eat. He was talking about the lilies of the field, the birds of the air, how the father looks after them, how much more Are you worth to the Lord? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But if we seek the Lord first of all his kingdom and his righteousness, then all those things that we might otherwise care about with provision, they will be given to us besides, it says. So all your needs will be taken care of. The key is that you have to put God first in everything. So the question is, you may be receiving because you've been sowing, You may not be receiving because you haven't been sowing. But there's also a key piece here, which is central to everything, which is placing God first above everything else. Because when we place him first and we seek after him and we seek his righteousness and we try our hardest and and we try our best to be like him, walking upright, loving others, the two great commandments of the Lord, loving the Lord thy God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. When we do these things, when we seek the Lord with our heart, when we begin to know him and follow after him in the secret place, in the public place, wherever it is, then you will begin to see your provision turn around, and you will see no lack in the name of Jesus. So today, Lord, I thank you for this message, that we will learn more about faith next week, and we will learn more about the kingdom as it relates to provision. In the meantime, Lord, I thank you that you are supplying and shall supply all the needs of every one of these precious souls listening today according to your riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you love them so much that you know their needs before they know their needs, but that you will meet them and that when they are met, they will know that they did not come from man, but they came from you. So we thank you, Lord, today that you are the owner of the money in our pockets. However much it is, however small it is, it is still yours. The coppers, the silver, the notes, they are all yours. Lord, you own everything. Everything belongs to you. And we thank you for it today, that we would do a better job stewarding what you have allowed us to have. We thank you for the food on the table We thank you for the food for the children. We thank you for the shelter over our heads. Thank you, Lord, for your love, for your communion with us. We thank you for healing every one of these precious souls today, because, Lord, it is your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. But also, Lord, your stripes have paid for this community, this person listening today to be healed completely from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. So right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you that I can speak and decree and declare that the listeners on this radio station are completely healed already from head to toe. So body, I command you line up with the truth in Jesus' name. I forbid and evict every sickness, disease, virus, any lack in the body or in the pocket. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for healing their hearts of any torment, trauma, heartache, any depression, anxiety. Bitterness, Lord, any regrets. Lord, I thank you that we may have done things in our past, Lord, but today is the day of salvation. Today is the day, Lord, that you are on the throne. You're still there and you still seek us. You still seek our attention. And Lord, you are so worthy of it. And may we increase that time with you ever more in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you'd like to partner with our ministry, you can go to our website. That's T O G dot world touch of God world. And you can also submit a prayer request on the site as well. Or if you'd like to get in touch with us directly, our phone number is country code one for the USA, 407-705-3151. Country code one, 407-705-3151. And until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.